Hey, this is Stingray Rob, and you are listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with Stingray Rob. Stingray is an indie race car driver. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. All right, so I'm sure you have all seen it by now, but you go to the stores and it's not even summer's not even over yet but we already have halloween decorations yes. in our stores well also with that the beetlejuice 2 is being filmed currently and they it's the set is in vermont and they say that the filming set is haunted. But it's not haunted with what you're thinking. It's haunted by souvenir seekers. People are going on set and stealing things. <laughs> uh, there's been two thefts so far. One of the, the one of them was a large lamppost that was topped with a pumpkin decoration. And the other was some 150-pound abstract art piece um, that was taken. Um, so, yeah, they have um, night Riders on the filming set. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, some pieces have been taken. So I guess some other people are going to the filming set and getting their, their Halloween decorations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, normal people go buy them at the store. Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice wig. Thank you. (laughs) The movie set. (laughs) (laughs) You would have to be pretty brave because, well, obviously it's a crime to steal no matter what. But what was it? Wouldn't that be a bigger crime? Like going on a movie (laughs) set and doing that? Or. Yeah. What do you mean a bigger crime? It's still theft. <laughs> it's theft no matter what you look at it. But, I mean, you would think that, yes, there's cameras and everything, but also, like, there's cameras in stores yes. and people still do it. So it's like, people are brazen nowadays. So you never know like life. what you're going to get. Ch- <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, it's, a of, it's a box of chocolate. <laughs> That was the worst. That was the worst what accent impersonation oh. I've ever <laughs> heard. Uh, the, the, what you were trying to impersonate—impersonating. Imperson- <laughs> That's the word. I was trying to make a weird word for that. I was trying to say impersonalization. Well, or something yeah, like that. Uh, it's not a word. I don't know. That's that's crazy. Um, I wonder how many other movies like nostalgic movies that come back and do a, a sequel or a remake, you know, 20, 30 years later. And if they ever have that problem or any movie in that matter have issues with theft, especially like not on a soundstage, you know, not in a, like a building, you know what I mean? And, but out like in a rural town, um, it'd be a lot easier to do stuff like that. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there is. I think it was just the the reason why this was a story that was written was because they were able to play on the words of 
That film set is haunted. <laughs> By Souvenir Seekers. Let's finish the title. Anytime someone says, uh, to mention another movie, anytime someone says, and also um, Maverick, my two-year-old, is uh, all into Finding Nemo right now. And anytime someone says clickbait, it reminds me of the uh, shark bait. Ooh, ah, ah. So anytime <laughs> I hear clickbait, I'm like, clickbait. Ooh, ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, there's a little uh, glimpse of in my head and my brain. So in this interview, we get to sit down with Stingray. It's a little bit different than what we normally do. This is our first first ever race car driver or indie car driver, any car driver, <laughs> except for your normal daily well, driver. <laughs> well, actually, Chris, um, everybody that we've interviewed probably does drive, and they probably do drive fast, but not 200 miles an hour. I know. I meant... Yeah. Anyways, we get to sit down with Stingray and just chat with him about his career and just everything with him being a Christian and racing. So and next weekend, August the 3rd, Chris, yes. actually this weekend, um, he will be in Nashville um, doing a, a race and there'll be music kinds of things it'll be on nbc sports so check that out on his website um, for all the details tickets and all that so check this interview out we have stingray rob with us indie car driver thank you so much stingray for chatting with us this evening thank you thanks for having me on yeah so uh the first question that we really would love to know um, and it's not even on your website, but Stingray Rob, that, that is your legal name on your birth certificate. So, uh, what, what is this name about? Yeah. So it is very unique. It's hard to find on a keychain. Can't really go too many places and be able to <laughs> fit in um, or a coffee cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usually when I go to a coffee uh, shop or something, I, I use my middle name to order just because it's way easier to explain <laughs> that versus Stingray. So um, but anyways, my, my parents were big Corvette fans. And so that's kind of how I got that name, or at least part of it, is, uh, after the Stingray Corvette. Um, and then my dad's side of the family's heritage, actually, is from Stirlingshire, Scotland. So Sting is actually short from Sterling. It's short for Sterling. Um, and then both of my grandfathers had Ray in their name. Uh-huh. And um, and so we took all that, combined it together. And obviously, the, the car influence spoke a big part of my life. But it's kind of cool to not just be like named after a fish or a car. It's like, there's, there's more to the story. Um, there's a history behind it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. your name would have been great if you were as yeah, a doctor. So, I mean, I mean, Dr. Stingray. Right. I, mean. I always joke that it wouldn't have made a very good accountant name, but like 20 year old, 21 year old kid named Stingray handling my money. I don't think so. That seems like a scam. So no, but it, it worked out well doing what I'm doing now. There you go. So having a name like that, I feel like it's just, it is like a given that you were, you were like destined to be into racing. How did it start you getting into racing? Yeah. So, I mean, from an early age, like you could imagine, I spent a lot of time around cool, old, fast cars being Corvette fans. Um, my my yeah. parents actually helped start 
the Corvette club back home in Idaho, which is where I'm from. Um, and so I would go to drag races and Corvette club meetings and autocross events that are at the fairgrounds. Um, and just like be in the paddock with all these, these cool old cars. And so, um, from an early age, I used to sit in the backseat of my mom's car. And whenever we were driving down the road, I would just tell her faster, faster, faster. Cause that's all I could think of is I just wanted to go faster. Um, and so from there, I kind of got my interest into to, to cars and motorsports. And, um, when I was around four years old, I watched a, a driver in a video, jump a go-kart into a foam pit and four-year-old stinger. I saw that and was like, Oh, that's what I want to do. And so I asked my parents for my birthday yeah. for a go-kart and a foam pit. I got the go-kart, but no foam pit, but that's kind of how I got going. <laughs> well, okay. See, it almost just, just from that story, it almost reminds me of like, you were the, can I say that? So do you know who Mason, is it Mason? The kid that yodeled. <laughs> you, did you ever see yes. any of the videos with that yes, like kid I that like, yodeled and he was like far into it you were like the kid of that but racing and not yodeling <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that's a good relation i think there's a lot of a lot of race car drivers that got started young so there might be a few more yodelers in the world yeah. than um what just made is it mason ramsey i think his name is mason ramsey I, th- I remember that. Yeah, though. I think so. I don't know what. Well, I don't know what in your that that story that you just gave. It just he popped in my head, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I should even say that. <laughs> well, you that's so you, you grew up well, in good. Idaho. Um, the, I guess that that's the big potato state. Everyone when they think Idaho, they think potatoes. But what was it like growing up in in the Midwest? Yeah, that's kind of funny. When I, I live in Indianapolis now, um, just because this is kind of central to yeah. my career and. Um, being from Idaho, I, I say, um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest and they're like, no, you're not. So my new phrase is Pacific <laughs> Midwest. Um, that kind of gives a better description geographically of where Idaho is. But, um, I mean, I think I was pretty blessed because growing up, like I was, I was homeschooled, um, all the way until seventh grade. And then I went to public school from there on, um, by a lady from our church actually. And so I used to sit in her living room and, um, we do Bible studies together and then, uh, she'd work me to death doing math problems and stuff between races. And part of that was because we were gone almost 42 weekends a year, go-kart racing when I was younger. So from the time I was pretty much like eight or nine till the time I was like 13 or 14, we were gone that 42 weekends every year. And so, um, I think a lot of people didn't expect me to have a lot of experiences outside of racing, but being from Idaho, there's so much to do. Um, I mean, I grew up in the mountains, uh, hunting and fishing and hiking and, I loved mountain biking. I loved going um, to play other sports. I mean, I played baseball and basketball in high school. Uh, I ran cross country for a year, just one, just one year though. That was enough. I didn't need to run after that. <laughs> um, yeah, like played tennis for a year, and I mean, I I really tried to do it all. And so, um, growing up in Idaho, I was just pretty blessed to kind of have the outdoors at my back step. Essentially, you know, I could um, go. You know, in the springtime, we could either go snow skiing boating or golfing all in the same day. I mean, those were the options sometimes. And it was just something very unique to that area. And, um, you know, being in a small town, I think kind of gave me the opportunities to do it all because you weren't overwhelmed by the busyness of everything. You know, people knew who you were as you were going uh, to the grocery store, or whatever it was like, there was no sneaking around and pay at Idaho where I'm from. It was just, everyone knew everyone and everyone lived in community a little bit. And so, um, that was something that was pretty cool to have, you know, family close by friends close by living in tight community. 
um, and still get to kind of experience the world through motorsports. Um, you, you'd mentioned track, uh, running track for a year. Uh, in, in your in your line of work, do you have to stay in shape uh, to do what you do? Like, do you have to, you know, go to the gym and all that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a big part of what we're supposed to be doing as drivers, because I think a lot of people expect, you know, as a driver, you just sit in a seat, wiggle your feet and then turn the steering wheel. Um, but there's way more to it than just that. Um, uh, the, the Indy cars themselves, they don't have power steering. And so for anyone that's out, out there that hasn't driven a car, um, without power steering, it's, it's physically taxing. It can be pretty heavy. Um, and when you're dealing with a car that's doing 200 miles an hour with, you know, several thousand of pounds of downforce, um, on the weight of the car, it, it adds up. And so the, the wheel feels very heavy in your hands. Um, the brake pedal actually can wear you out. So doing some squats is a good thing to do during the off season to get ready for that. But I think the, the hardest thing is we have to train like endurance athletes a lot because we're in the car for almost two and a half hours, three hours sometimes. Um, and so that time you're in the car, your heart rate's anywhere from, I don't know, we'll say 130 to 180 beats per minute. And that's, that's <laughs> exhausting over that long of a period of time. Um, and then the heat in the car, mm. you know, this, this next coming weekend, we're going to be in the streets of Nashville racing and the temperatures are going to be up in the nineties. And so for us inside the cockpit, that usually means the temperature is closer to like 120 or 130. And we're wearing several layers of clothing, a helmet, head sock, special shoes and gloves and, and socks, um, all for the sake of just being fireproof and as safe as possible. But when you're out on the car for two and a half hours, it gets pretty hot and sweaty. And so, uh, that's a big part of our training is becoming acclimated to that heat, kind of building that basic endurance, that cardio base, um, so that you can perform at a high level. And, you know, part of that is it's mental fatigue. And so if you're trained physically, it doesn't tax you as much on the on the mental side. And so um, you don't get the brain fade that leads to mistakes. some ways that you like overcome fear around it being so dangerous or, or possibly being so dangerous yeah uh have you guys heard the term frog in boiling water yeah <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> that's exactly what it up. is they slowly turn up the temp on us we slowly go faster and faster and faster and pretty soon you're doing 230 miles an hour and uh you don't realize it but that's kind of how it is. I mean, yeah. the, the danger is always there. It's just a matter of if you're looking at it or not. Um, so for my, for myself, I mean, inside the cockpit, if you're thinking about like, oh, this is going to hurt if I crash here or there or whatever else, yeah. you're already hurting yourself because you're, you're focused on something other than just driving yeah. the race car. But I mean, stepping outside of it, I mean, we realize the risk as drivers. And, you know, I think for myself, um, that risk is kind of uh, balanced with my faith. Uh, it's something that I have to lean on at many different times. And I think honestly, like the fear outside of the car isn't so much about the safety. It's probably more about like, where, where's my career taking me? I think that that's the fear a lot more often than, um, the, the stress inside the cockpit of like, if I hit the wall, it's going to hurt. I mean, the cars are fairly well built. And to be honest, a lot of the, the road vehicles that you see today, their safety equipment was developed inside the, the motorsport realm. You know, a lot of the testing was done inside of there. So um, nowadays the cars are pretty safe and they can take a pretty solid impact. Yeah. So what was it like racing in the Indy 500 and, and especially like 
um, when you were going around and you went, uh, went into the wall, like what was in your mind when you were like, that happened? Oh man. Uh, so the 500 was a dream come true. I mean, honestly, that's something that I've been watching yeah. since I was nine years old thinking like, man, it would be cool to be there one day. Um, and so to finally get there and yeah. I mean, we, we had a whole lot of drama leading up to the actual race day. Um, we had to qualify for the last row, uh, which is not something that you want to have to do because in the Indy 500, only 33 cars make the field. And if there's more than 33, you could get bumped from the event, and not make it. So, um, we were one of the last three that got into the race. And so that's not very comforting. And so I think that kind of gave me an appreciation yeah. more for, for the race itself, but, um, getting in the race, getting going. I was excited and, um, you know, I thought that at the beginning of the race, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna take it easy, work my way into this. And we ran into some issues early on with the the handling of the car and we were kind of holding our own. I mean, it wasn't, a, it wasn't going to be a great day, but it wasn't going to be a, a terrible day necessarily. And, uh, I was yeah. kind of in the line of traffic and at those speeds, the car behind you, um, can pull up pretty fast. And it's because they have less, less air dragging on the car. You're, you're punching a hole in the air in front of them. The same goes for in front of you. And so as you're sitting there, I mean, you're kind of watching this accordion effect happen in the turns and down the straightaway. Um, and I, I was fighting for a couple laps with this car behind me who was actually down a few laps. They didn't make the start of the race, uh, but got going. And so I didn't think it was going to be too aggressive. And um, he made a move on me and it was a good, clean move. And with the way our car was handled at that point in the race, and um, we were deep enough into the event that there was marbles on the outside line, which are just uh, the degraded rubber from the tires it stacks yeah. up on, offline and it turns into a slip and slide essentially. And so, um, when we went side by side, I didn't lift soon enough. I didn't expect the, him to make a move and, um, you know, rookie mistake. I got wide and went towards the wall. But as soon as the car takes off like that, um, my, my initial thought was like, all right, brace yourself. This is going to hurt. And so I took my hands off the wheel and just yeah. kind of held on for dear life and made an impact with the wall at like, I don't know, it was probably 180, 190 miles an hour there. So what, Stingray, what, what does a typical racing day look like for you? What is your the routine that you do on, on a racing day? Yeah, I mean, it kind of changes weekend to weekend, but for the most part, it's, it's similar. And um, usually we have what they call an engineer briefing because as a driver, it's our job to work hand in hand with the engineers at the race cars uh, to get the setup right, to develop sort of a strategy for the race and uh to kind of understand what the what the day is going to look like and so it's like a a pre-game plan i guess you could say and so we'll we'll go to the yeah. the track usually in the morning an hour or two before our first event and get to meet with them i'll talk to my engineers talk to my strategist um go over video and data that is from the previous day and kind of look at like things that i could do better things that they could do better things that we can uh plan ahead for and then we just kind of get into the the day and usually what i'll try and do right before i get ready to put my suit on um this is something new that i've been doing is i'll just lock myself in a room um and that's my time to kind of say a quick prayer and just kind of visualize what's going to happen during the session or um, just kind of try and find a, a good space where i can you know not be worried about the results of what's going to come and just kind of sit in a in a place of peace and so uh, i'll do that i put my suit on put all our fireproof gear on hop in the car and uh, usually the race, it has a pre-event 
And so they'll do driver introductions. You'll do a, a drive around to the track, wave to the crowd, do a little parade kind of action. Um, and then we get in the cars and they give the command to fire up those motors. And that's kind of like when the, the lights go out and it's game time. And uh, for myself, I think that um, one of the one of the things that I, I find very important right before I get in the car is my family kind of huddles up and we'll say a prayer right before. And my mom and I, we got like our special handshake and I always give my grandma a hug. And um, those are kind of the, the two things that it, like happen before every single race. Every time I get in the car, uh, those two people are there ready to yeah. kind of support me and kind of hand the torch off to say like, okay, you got this uh, and we're ready for whatever's got, whatever God's got mm -hmm. ahead of you. So bringing it uh, um, away from racing for a little bit, since we're on the, you're on the Christian music guys podcast, let's just talk about some Christian music. So what is some of your favorite Christian artists? Uh, growing up, Toby Mac was my guy. I used to wear out his CDs, uh, the diversity album, um, I mean, all of them, actually, I, I would yeah. wear those things out. We'd use them up so much. My cousin and I, we went to several of his concerts when we were kids back home in Boise, Idaho. And um, so, yeah, I used to sing along with True Dog because True Dog was about my <laughs> same age. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was fun to kind of have that. Um, and then I think nowadays, what I've been listening to most recently, I don't know if you guys know him, but his name is Forrest Frank. And he's kind of like a newer Christian artist. I mean, he's been in the secular realm a while with the band called surfaces um but i i his new no longer bound song and uh lift my hands those two are kind of on repeat re yeah. right now for me um so that's really cool and uh, it's kind of cool to see someone kind of step away from the secular realm into the the christian mm -hmm. music world and like have a big hit um i think it's it kind of grows his following it, it gets people involved in ways they might not have been involved in otherwise um chris menzema is another guy i listen to a lot if I'm like feeling kind of moody in the car and I just need like a good praise and worship session, I'll throw him on and just cry my eyes out sometimes. Yeah. Um, um, oh, but yeah. those are kind of my go-tos for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of good artists out there, but um, those are probably the most notable for myself. Well, I, I, I don't know the answer to this. So um, when you are racing, do you listen to music? Are you allowed to listen to music while you're racing? No, I got enough chatter going on in my ear. So I actually do have earplugs in um, that go mm -hmm. to the team. And so the team will be giving me information. And on ovals, I actually have um, some eyes in the sky, you could call it. I have a spotter that sits high up on a on a stand, um, and he's kind of calling the race for me. He'll tell me if there's a car coming up close to me, if there's a car on my inside or the outside. Uh, he's keeping me safe and uh, making sure I'm doing my job right. So you could just sing Toby Mac songs the whole time while you're in the car. <laughs> Yeah. It's actually funny. So when I was a kid, I went into this go-kart race and I was having a rough weekend and I just put my headphones in and I think it was a uh, city on our knees. And I yeah. listened to that on repeat for like a 30 minute race. <laughs> and I was like singing down the straightaway, driving my go-kart, like nine year old singer is just bumping city on our knees for the whole entire race. It was actually a really good race. So, um, I've done nice. that before yeah. and it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> I, I understand that it's, it's okay to do on a go-kart. It's totally different when you're yes. going uh, yeah. 200 plus with uh, so much pounds of force and everything. That would, yeah. I don't know if it'd be a good idea there. <laughs> so what is the verse that you have on your car and how has that been received? Yeah. So we actually decided during the Indy 500 to put John 316 on my side of the car. 
Um, and we did that in part to kind of share the message. Um, you know, I think that we live in a world that really needs Jesus and the motorsport industry is not very well known for spreading that. And so I wanted to be a catalyst for that in a way. And uh, I kind of had my inspiration from Tim Tebow. I mean, watching him growing up uh, as a young athlete, I was inspired by his John 316 I black to kind of do the same. And I used to put a, a duct tape cross on the front nose of my go-karts with a verse on it. That was different nearly every week. And so um, it's kind of cool to yeah. be able to kind of carry that on into my IndyCar career. And I, honestly, I think it's been pretty well received. You know, I don't, I don't think that too many people um, want to push back on that. I mean, for the most part, it seems yeah. like the people that are believers are really excited to see it. And it's kind of an inspiration for them to see it uh, publicly spoken. And we've actually had some people come up and like ask questions of what is that? Like, what is that a sponsor? I'm like, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And so for yeah. us, it's a good opportunity to kind of tell people about the the gospel. And, um, you know, I feel like God's given me a platform to use. And it's a reminder for myself a little bit to, uh, you know, it's not all about me, even though I'm, in, I'm the one sitting in the cockpit. Yeah. He's uh, he's the one that's got me surrounded. Yeah, it's your uh, your safety well-being sponsor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's my my life insurance policy too. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this next part uh, we like to do with our first time guest, and uh, our listeners love it. It's kind of kind of get to know you a thing, and it's called favorite things. And so uh, we're gonna give you a word, and you just tell us your favorite thing. Now, Stingray, uh, in the past, this segment, right. this part can be kind of divisive. You know, it just depends on your answers and. Um, some of our listeners don't, don't like the answers sometimes of, that, that people give us. So just be aware of some of these questions. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite food? Uh, steak and potatoes. Okay. How do you like your steak cooked? <laughs> uh, medium. Right in the middle. Mm. Okay. At least you did. At least you didn't say "well done." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. I don't like my briquettes. I, I like it to if taste you, the meat. I want yeah. to. I want to be able to. If taste you wanted what I'm beef eating. jerky, you'd go buy and be, beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That is right. What is, is right. Uh, what is one of your favorite movies? Oh. Um, Ford versus Ferrari is one that I really like, but honestly, uh, Ice Age always hits the spot. There's never a bad time for Ice Which Age. Which one? There's like 20 of them, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Continental Drift one is my favorite. Sid the Sloth, top tier character development right there. All right. What is your favorite, uh, let's say the current, favorite current show to binge? Ooh, uh... I'm honestly, I'm not much of a binger. Yeah, I have a hard time sitting down to watch a movie. I usually break up movies into to episodes. So, like, if there's a Star Wars movie out, I'll like watch it in like five episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a TV show that I, I, in the last five years, have watched and really liked was Limitless. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think they only did yeah. one episode or one Chris season. Um, and then Jack Ryan is another one. Yes. Well. Uh, Limitless was with someone else the TV show there was okay. actually a movie as well but I like the TV show Limitless very good do you have a um, well we might already know this answer but a favorite artist of all time Toby Mac Toby okay. not have to yeah. be Christian artist <laughs> no I, I seriously think that like Toby yeah. Mac's up there 
Um, I do like country music too. And so for myself, Riley Green is someone that I, I really like. I found him a couple years ago and he's always hits the spot. He's good. All right. Um, your favorite driver? Favorite driver? Uh, past or present? <laughs> uh, either. Okay. Past, I would say Ayrton Senna. He was an F1 driver that actually passed away in the 90s, but dude could wheel it. He was good. Do you have a favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, my go-to is mint chocolate chip. Have you guys ever had Tillamook ice cream? Yes. Then the little pints, the clear pints. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Tillamook, they have a, the Tillamook cheese factory out on the west coast, close closer to us. And so we used to go there as a kid and I could eat any flavor of Tillamook ice cream and be happy. Yeah. So I think good. it's, I think it's like $8 so for one pint. <laughs> it's crazy. Probably, but it's oh man, mm. one spoonful and you're like, okay, that's a spot. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay, what about? Um, do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, your guys' podcast, of course. <laughs> what's there the name? Of, what's the name of it? Um, I do. <laughs> yeah, Christian Music Guys podcast. I'm go. looking at my screen right now. <laughs> I, got a, I got a cheat code. <laughs> No, uh, in all seriousness, there's there's one I listen to quite often, and I use it for word study. It's the Bible Project. Um, yeah. It's great for road trips because they go really in depth, and honestly, like I have to sit and kind of chew through the words that they're telling me. And so, road trips are a good time to like turn the radio off and just sit and think about what they're telling me, and then uh, kind of apply that to the way that I see the world. I mean, it kind of is a paradigm shift when I listen to those guys, which is cool. Mm. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? John 3.30 is probably what I would say, um, which is, he must become greater, I must become less. And that's John the Baptist talking. And, mm-hmm. you know, for myself, that's as much of a reminder as much as it is to to tell people what I'm about. So, I mean, that's, that's very simple, and it's a short verse, but it says a lot. Well, you did it. You got through the, um, the favorite things. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully no one despises those answers too badly. Well, Stingray, what what do you have coming up next and how can our listeners keep up with you? Yeah, so not this weekend, but the following weekend, which I think is uh, starting out on August 3rd. We're headed down to Nashville, Tennessee, or racing through the streets of Nashville um, for the IndyCar race there. And then if anyone wants to watch, we are on NBC Sports or the NBC Sports broadcasting app, which is Peacock TV. And if you want to follow along on my journey and my story, I'm on most social medias at Stingray Rob. Um, and Rob is R-O-B-B. And then I think Twitter's a little bit different. It's at Sting underscore Ray underscore Rob. And my website is StingrayRob.com. To wrap up, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God has made, been doing in your life, maybe even recently. Uh, that you'd be willing to share to help build our listeners' faith. Yeah, I can try here. Um, you know, and motorsports has been a, a very, very much a growing place in my life, um, but it's also kind of the result of many things outside of it. And you know, one thing that I feel that God has been teaching me lately is um, it's okay not to be perfect all the time, as we all know, but. Um, I've been doing a study kind of through the Bible project talking about the latecomer 
and how God always chooses the latecomer. It's not always the firstborn that gets the gets all the good gifts. And um, in that, it, it's hard to not try and take what we define as success for ourselves. Uh, and it's kind of the seizing versus receiving uh, those gifts. And so I, I'm I'm learning how to receive. And part of that is being patient. Part of that is having some faith and some um, humility. It's easy in my line of work, I feel like to become prideful and kind of want to go and drive out the, the best I can be and grab the success for myself. And I think that um, I've seen through my career different ways that that doesn't work. And I have to rely on that faith more and give it over to God and let God do the work. And that doesn't mean that I, I quit doing my job, but it means that I can do it without the pressure and I can do it in a way that is uh, glorifying him and without the pride that kind of gets in my way. And so that's part of it. Another part is that he's taught me how to rest this year. Um, you know, if, if we want to be more like Jesus, we got to take naps. And so I've learned how to take naps during the, this rookie IndyCar season, which yeah. has been good. You always got to get to that, that, is that what it is? The poop deck? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the part of the know. ship, <laughs> the back part of the ship. How Jesus was taking a nap on their boat, whatever. I was trying to make a joke and it just fell flat on his face. Stingray's being all serious here. Then you gotta go. Oh no! Yeah, it's the dad, the dad joke in me. Couldn't help it. Stingray, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks again, Stingray, for sitting down with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you may listen. If it's on Apple Podcasts, or even if it's not on Apple Podcasts, hop on over there. Leave us a five-star review. It is much appreciated and really helps out with getting the word out about our podcast. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. Check our website, christianmusicguys.com. There is some new stuff that's coming out soon, hopefully very soon. Be tuned in. Thanks again. See you next week.